0: Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan.
1: Travel Safely is presented by Applied Information, creator of the Travel Safely smartphone app. Welcome to Travel Safely. I'm your host, Brian Mulligan, brought to you from the Subaru Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, Georgia. Here on the show, we talk about transportation, technology and entrepreneurship the future of transportation that affects us all. We're talking about how we can drive commerce using transportation technology and how to keep it secure. And today's guest is Rick Strawn from Paradigm Security Services and a member of the Chairman's Club of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. Welcome Rick, thanks for joining me on the show.
0: Thanks Brian, glad to be here.
1: Our, uh, Our listeners may not have heard of Paradigm Security. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And what your company does
0: well uh, i'm retired law enforcement Uh, i spent 25 years with the city of atlanta and about two and retired after that 25 years in 2006 we actually decided to incorporate paradigm security Uh, we were kind of doing security anyway and it wasn't in a private industry like basis it was uh, working with police officers and major construction so we decided to go into it and do it the right way and get the license and train our own people. So what we do is we do patrols uh, for uh, security patrols. We uh, Anything, we call it boots on the ground security. Anything that you see a security, and I call them officers, doing, that's what we do.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, so that's, uh, that's quite a jump from you, not in what you do, but the fact that it's now private sector versus the public sector so now it's not the government worried about paying your 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 costs it's you you guys paying your own making your own payroll
0: yeah plus the uh instead of the government worrying about the liability it's our liability so it's you know it's all comes up under a little different look
1: Quite so, as we were chatting before the show, there's some you know, quite strong parallels between what you do and what we do. At we, you know, face value, we're in completely separate businesses. I'm in transportation technology and you're in security. But what it is, it goes to do with this business about uh, the, the, the blend of the public sector and the private sector. The public sector in security is the police force. Why should you need private security at all if we've got a police force?
0: Well, the police force and coming from that area, I can tell you, it it is absolutely a needed entity. But there's only a limited number of police officers. They are on calls. They're doing what uh, police officers do, answering calls for service, uh, handling traffic. But then you have a lot of calls and a lot of people that need private security around their place of business. Or let's just say, for instance, you have a major construction site. Uh, you can have the police officers out there directing traffic, and that's fine, uh, because most many of the cities require that public entity to be able to do the traffic. But when it comes to private security on the job site, let's say somebody comes on the job site and wants to climb up on one of those uh, cranes and decides to do the, you know, parachute jump without the parachute. <laughs> Well, you know, police officers can't provide that security. They don't have the they don't have the personnel. They don't have the time, you know, to provide that additional security. Uh, when it's around a building and a concierge type thing, that's not what police officers do. So there there are many facets of security and security actions that are just not designed for a public police department where the city, or the county, or the federal government, or someone like that is paying for it.
1: Yeah, I suppose your way to look at it is that the function of the police, police department would be uh, law enforcement. But the whole business of preventing crime, keeping your assets secure as a business and deciding what level of, of uh, insurance to pay either to the insurance company or to yourselves, that's a private sector thing because that's up to the entrepreneur who's, who's running that business to decide as opposed to calling in the police just when something goes wrong.
0: Absolutely. If you want... You know, police, to a certain extent, provide a little bit of a deterrence through patrols. But if you really want to provide a deterrence, you've got to have almost reality. You've got to have a, basically a 24-hour presence or at least the presence when there's no one there to where somebody can see it because crime is, is a convenience thing. And mm-hmm. if you've got a security officer there and you've got the criminal that comes up to the property, if he sees a property with a security officer, he does not want to go to jail. So he's less likely to come onto that property than he is to go to another, rather just go to another property that doesn't have any security, and then there's no, there's very little chance of him going to jail.
1: There, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting because one of the things that we struggle with a little bit in the transportation department where for the last hundred years – the various governments have provided concrete and asphalt to build out America's roads. So they see themselves as the owners of the roads and the owners of the roadways and that they look at the private sector purely as suppliers. Now, as we are transitioning to this technology world where uh, it's the internet of things and everything's connected to everything, what's more appropriate is that we be a partner to the government uh, and some government departments really struggle with that. How, how about you guys? Do, I mean, do you find it an easy partnership with the, the police force and the government guys? Or do you see sometimes that it's a bit adversarial about where you, what's your side of the line and what's their side of the line?
0: That's a good question. Um, I look at it as, for instance, the name my company came from, Paradigm. Uh, it came from the on two, in 2001, you know, 9-11, when we had the uh, towers hit. The paradigm of security completely shifted. Oh, wow. Uh, it, you had your def- definitive law enforcement and you had your security. Police officers just looked at it as security guards, get out of my way. If you don't get out of my way, I'm going to put your butt in jail, that type of thing. But now it's gotten to where security is, private security has come so far in the training that we've got to do uh, that many of us choose to do in our companies. We have our own. But the main thing is, when you have this call for a need for a first responder, more often than not, that first responder very, may very well be private security now. Uh, the reason for that being, they're the first ones on the scene. You've got to be trained well enough to be able to know what's going on, be able to know what to do, know how to react. And you better be able to, in certain cases, take out that issue, and police officers, God bless them, it's going to take most of the time three to five minutes or longer to get to a scene. And by then, a lot of action is already over with. A lot of people are already hurt. There's just a lot going on. That, that Once that happened, we all started looking at each other a little differently. Um, I prefer that police officers look at my people as, well, that's paradigm. We know who they are. They're trained. We know what their owner does or has done. You know, they cut, a, they cut a lot more slack with security and private security now than they used to.
1: That's a, that's a good point. Are there any standards in, involved? In other words, training, or is it left up to the private, you know, you as a company to decide how well your people are trained? I could imagine if you're in an active shooter situation or responding to something like that, and your guys, or let's say your competitors, weren't trained and you were trained. That's I mean, an edge. Yeah, it's an edge, but are there some standards that you have to comply with or some, some tests that you have to pass? How does it all work?
0: Well, the Secretary of State's office is who regulates the security private security industry. And they have a 24-hour... It's, they don't have a class for 24 hours, but they have the parameters that you have to set your 24-hour class up to include certain areas, such as the powers of arrest and you know liabilities and there's just a lot of stuff there for they require 24 hours but 24 hours in and of itself is just a very small that's the mandatory minimum okay and if you do a mandatory minimum you are not well trained enough to be able to handle a lot of situations three days eight hours a day in a classroom that's about as minimum as you can get it put it makes you legal but it really doesn't give you the training that you need so if you're smart You develop other modules, other training, more extensive training uh, on the terrorism, on workplace violence, active shooter. You go through a lot of training that you offer your people and get them in that's in addition to that.
1: Okay. Are you seeing technology moving into your space? I mean, traditionally, I guess my image of a security guy is a guy with a radio, and that's about the extent of the security. Are you seeing Security moving into your industry? I'm oh, sorry, to say technology moving into yeah, your industry. Sorry. I understand.
0: We have a lot of technology that's come into the security world. One of the things is all of your, we used to have little watch clocks that you walked around and you, you know, clocked in and all that. We've got uh, smartphones now that have apps that have the clock ins, that have the points. that you, you can incorporate so much in digitally to be able to send it to your clients so that they know what's going on on their sites, they know where the officers are, we can track them. They've got GPS in them. There's so many of that stuff, but then, like for active shooter, there's new technology coming out that it's a monitoring system as well, for audible as well as video, so that you can actually see what they're doing while they're doing it and have a a command center. There's just, that technology now for active shooter, The whole idea being eliminate that issue as quickly as possible and decrease the loss of life.
1: That's actually, again, an interesting parallel with our world uh, in transportation because what we use the term of everything connected to everything changes everything. Absolutely. And what you're describing is all your security guards are all connected to each other, to the control center, and everybody, you know, previously we used to, make decisions based on some of the people knowing some of the things some, some of the, the time, time. <laughs> and now you're in a situation with everything connected to everything where everybody can know everything all the time before we go to break i just wanted to ask you we're coming up on the holiday season have you got any suggestions for us in this uh, as we come up to this holiday period regarding security
0: oh gosh there's a there one of the main things is a lot of people do a lot of shopping uh they're always out there going to the malls going to different places Take care and pay attention to what's going on around you. Uh, there's a lot of people out there now that are watching. Don't take your packages out. Put them in your car. Uh, make sure, and even if you put them in your trunk, the bad guy's watching. I mean, they can get in those trunks. There's, there's so much technology now that I saw something the other day where they locked their car, and when they walked, turned around, it unlocked. And they kept doing that. They turned around, saw a car sitting over there watching them. The smart mm. thing to do, which is what they did, is they got in their car and immediately left. They right. did not go ahead and do their shopping there. Be attention, pay attention to what's going on around you is probably the best advice that anybody can give. Be with other people, don't be alone.
1: That, that's great advice. So, on, uh, we're gonna, after the break, we, what we're going to do is uh, talk about the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce and how that's working out for you. So, but be, before we get there, on that note, we'll do 30 seconds with Sarah.
0: This is your transportation news in 30 seconds with Sarah. Tesla is introducing software version 9 as a substantial upgrade to Tesla car owners. The Most exciting part of this update includes the Navigate with Autopilot functionality, which offers a smooth autonomous experience from off-ramp onto understates. Navigate with Autopilot uses your destination to determine lane changes, merges onto highways, and much more. Software version 9 also enables all 8 cameras, allowing for a better autopilot experience in every mode. This almost autonomous experience is available now in Tesla Model 3s, Xs, and Ss. Back to you, Brian.
1: Thanks, Sarah. In case you're just joining us, this is Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan, How to Save Lives, Improve Traffic, Drive Commerce, and Help the Environment, with our guest Rick Strawn from Paradigm Security. Rick, you're you're part of the Chairman's Club of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. Tell us a little about the Chairman's Club and uh, what all you do there.
0: Well, the Chairman's Club primarily is a major networking group of uh, industry, different industry owners, business owners, uh, people like uh, in charge of hospitals, You're basically your upper level in executives that really try to network and find out what's going on with each other, how can we help each other, what directions do we need to focus on you know, with the county. It's uh, it's just a, a great informational uh, organization as
1: well as just a networking. And under the Chamber of Commerce, uh, are you finding that effective for you in growing your business and and uh, getting you know doing the networking you need to to grow the businesses? You find it effective?
0: Yeah, I do. I have. I've been in there now quite a few years and. It's all, as we both know, any business is all about building relationships. And the idea here is you can build those relationships with people that matter in the county, that they're doing business in the county. Whether or not I use their services or they use my services, everybody always knows somebody that is using some service that you use or that you give. So the big thing is it's like any organization. It works if you work it. And the idea is to get in, pay attention, be active, uh, let people know what you do, and be interested in what they do.
1: I often say that the world is run by people who show up.
0: Absolutely. If you don't show up, you've got a problem.
1: <laughs> you've got a problem. What about transportation in Gwinnett? I mean, we both live here and we both have our businesses here. Um, what changes would you like to see and encourage to support uh, better and more efficient transportation in, in Gwinnett?
0: Well, I'm a big believer and a big supporter in getting some type of, of a transit system better than what we have currently. Now, how exactly that's going to work, there's there's a lot of different ideas. I know that the chamber has been active. I know that the county commission has been active. Charlotte Nash, God bless her, she has worked her rear end off trying to, to, to get this to the front, to the forefront, get things moving on it, get things active on it and as well as several of the other county commissioners uh, i know jace brooks is in the same way he's i mean there are so many people that are trying to move this forward because if our county is going to grow and our county is going to move on into you know the growth that it should have and we're capable we're going to have to have that transportation because you've got a lot of people that They don't want to, you know, drive back and forth to downtown. They want to be in – it's that millennial thought process that you want to live, work, and play, which is the old – you know, that's what Gwinnett does, live, work, and play. That's the the motto. Well, they want to be able to live, work, and play here. And to do that, when they want to go somewhere, they need the transportation, but they don't necessarily want to drive and, and drive all over in a personal car.
1: You, that's actually a great point that, that just shows how this kind of uh, networking and you know world is run by people who show up because one of the things our company does is make buses work better. And the, how we make buses work better is by giving the bus a green light and flashing the traffic out in front of it so that the bus never gets stuck in traffic. The interesting social aspect of this is just how you know, how how difficult it is for the transportation engineers and I'm not talking about Gwinnett specifically, I'm being more general, to get their mind around the idea that what we want to do is drive people to ride fifty person vehicles and not single occupancy cars. Absolutely. And the way you do that is you just make the fifty person vehicle, the bus, work better. So it's always quicker to ride the bus than to ride your own car. Now the traffic engineer says, "Oh no, but I treat all vehicles equally." It's quite interesting, and, and and the challenges for the politicians and the press to say, "No, that's just not a reasonable thing." If we drive everybody to ride the bus because the buses work better, fewer people will drive cars. Then Which everybody will make the will other work better. Yeah, then everybody wins. So that's uh, that. Uh, I think I'll join the uh, the Gwinnett Chamber Chairman's Club and. See, <laughs> talk to these folks about articulating some of these ideas. We're very active in Gwinnett.
0: I can set that up for you.
1: But let, <laughs> but let, us arrange that. Um, so, and as a, as a local small business, you know, what what changes would you like to see on the regulatory side, or in, in you know, in our society, to make to make it better for us to do what we do, which is create jobs and uh, and drive things forward. Well,
0: right now, our economy is on a pretty good uptick. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. Regulations are coming down now. You know, the best the, the, the best way to put it, the simplest way to put it for me, is to do whatever it takes and whatever we can to make small businesses more profitable, be able to put more people to work. Because a lot of people think, well, you know, you're a small businessman or you're a quote unquote business owner. You make lots of money. Well, you really don't. As you, don't. you well know, you really don't. <laughs> But the main thing is make enough to at least supply yourself with a living, but at the same time, make enough that you can afford to grow your company and put more people to work so that they provide livings for their families and everybody benefits. So the more regulation that you have on that, as a general rule, the harder it's going to be.
1: And that's uh, particularly true in the, transpa- uh, in the technology space, where you can imagine that the whole smartphone technology, which has changed our world, is only 11 years old. Exactly. And so uh, we, the, the whole you know, technology landscape is just changing very quickly, and regulation indeed is a huge impediment uh, to that. So uh, thanks for listening to Travel Safely, brought to you by Applied Information the show about transportation technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Today we're talking about security and small business and the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce and transportation and transit in Gwinnett. Thanks to Rick Straughan. Thanks for joining uh, us on the show and for making uh, Gwinnett a better place. Appreciate it. Until next time, this is Brian Mulligan signing off from Business Radio X. And travel safely.